Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? Welcome, welcome to the Press Pause Podcast. My name is Spentescu. We are here with our episode three of season number two. We have Re the, Bee, the Beast um, joining us from Facebook Gaming. So she is going to be here and tell the story. Um, we do not have... Uh, Chalupa tonight. Uh, he just moved, so he's unpacking and taking care of some of that stuff. And De- Devious is sick, so uh, keep him in your thoughts and your prayers. Send positive vibes and everything that way to him. Um, but, guys, we are going to be talking. Devious, thank you for the host. We are going to be talking with Riri the Beast. Um... We heard a little bit from um, uh, Gifted, the last one, that, oh, by the way, guys, we got merch. This is the podcast hat, and we have the podcast coffee cup, so uh, we've got some merch for the the uh, podcast now. It's fire, fire. I didn't get the hoodie yet. I want the hoodie. But, <laughs> excuse me for a second, <clears throat> but we uh, we got Riri the Beast, uh, Facebook partner. She's going to be telling us about her story. Um, she, I was talking to her a little bit um, before starting the podcast, and uh, she said that her community uh, is like a sanctuary. She's very open about her battles and everything like that. So we're we're going to uh, let her tell the story. We're going to get into it tonight. I'm not sure how long it's going to be, just because of the simple fact that we are a little short, um, not having Chalupa or Devious. And again, it's understandable with everything going on, Devious being sick, um, and Chalupa having just moved. Um, plus, it is Thanksgiving week, so you know family comes in unexpectedly and everything like that. So. Guys, are you ready? You ready for the podcast? You ready to t- learn a little more about Riri? Also, I will be, well, being that it is just me, um, if Riri is talking, I will basically be typing to you guys, uh, as always, um, just so that way you guys can concentrate on what she has to say because that's what we're here for and everything so you guys uh you guys ready to go i think she's still doing her uh startup i'm not sure if she's ready or not let's find out if she's ready to go She's talking. You ready? I am ready. All right. All right, guys. 
Welcome to the Press Pause Podcast. My name is Spentescu. Everyone knows me as Spent. Um, we usually have Chalupa Batman 23 with us, but he just moved, so he is taking care of that. Plus, with Thanksgiving week and everything like that, um, family came into town on him. Um, also, we have, uh, or Devious is sick, that's why he's not here. So, but... We're going to still do the podcast tonight. I'd like to thank Riri coming on and getting ready to share her story. And uh, apparently I messed up my stream info for the stream on uh, tonight over on the podcast. But you ready for this? Yes, I'm ready. So it's just it's just me and you. It's just it's just I'm you ready. and me. It's just you and me. <laughs> So, well, what this podcast usually is to anyone that is not aware is we, how it actually started was Chalupa had posted a tweet about normalizing or breaking the stigma of not speaking about mental health because it's always, especially in guys, it seems, in the male, that they don't like to open up and speak about it. And I had started trying to do it previously by myself, and it didn't seem to be getting any traction, so we teamed up. We teamed up with that, and Devious joined us. And we are now in episode... Uh, this is the 29th episode total. Um, so we've been going for about a year now. Um and we've had a lot of different guests on here, um, Facebook partners, Teddits, Lady Geek, um, Dad Bod was on here. Um, we've had Mern is the word. We've had Nine Eight Twelve. We've had Lenny's Lair. So we've had a lot of different um, guests that have joined us and everything like that. So today we are excited to have you. I've uh, heard from Gifted talking to gifted a little bit that <laughs> you are amazing and that you have a great story but before we get going we want to let everybody know we are not doctors we are not therapists no. anything that we say is not to say this is what's going to help you this is based on our personal battles that we've dealt with trying to break the stigma and maybe something that we say you can take and apply to your life that may help you but that's not a doctor or a therapist um, recommendation because we're not that. Also, Re, just because once you put it out there, it's out there on a blog, delete it, it's still out there, it's accessible and everything like that. So anything you don't want to say, don't say it. If you're uncomfortable with it, we can, we can cut it off now and everything like that. But we talked a little before and you said you're an open book. So I know that's not... Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes you're a little too open and you think about it afterwards. <laughs> yeah, it's like, why did oh, I say well. that? Why, why did I say that? I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said that. Um, exactly. But how we usually go about doing this, and usually there's three of us that would kind of tell our story, but it's just going to be me today. So I'll, let me kind of give you my backstory. Um, growing up, I had a father who had actually lost his father when he was young. So he really didn't know how to be a dad and plus he had me when he was younger anyway so through growing up 
he would try to teach me, but the way he taught me came across and just mentally messed me up. Um, so through that and then going through school and everything like that, dealing with people and just sometimes how toxic people can be, it just all built up and everything. So I have that need for trying to be friends, make friends and everything and have those friends around me. And when it didn't happen, it kind of put me into a very bad mental state, depression. Then I started becoming from an extrovert to an introvert as I got older. I also attempted suicide when I was about 15 years old. Um, but my biggest thing that I deal with is depression. And it all usually stems from feeling unwanted, not having friends, alone, um, not being good enough. That's generally what my depression and everything stems. The anxiety came on more as I became an introvert. It's more of a social anxiety, I guess you could say, because you start getting invited to the group things and it's like, yeah, I'll be there, I'll be there, I'll be there, and then time comes and you don't go. So that is my story, and that's what I've kind of dealt with. And I, since starting the podcast and everything, I've because I'm open about it and I talk about it and everything, I feel that because of opening up about it, the depression hasn't been as bad for me. I still have my moments where I just kind of get that random feeling and everything like that of fighting it and everything, but it doesn't seem to be as bad. So I'm thankful for the podcast, for this podcast allowing me to be able to do that because I feel because of that, I've been able to battle some of them problems that I deal with better. So that's a little bit about me. Now, it's time to talk to our guests and let our guests start telling us about herself. <laughs> so, well, definitely. So oh, let's sorry, let's let's go ahead and just start off with some of the basics, an introduction of yourself, do you work, are you a full-time streamer, your game of choice. As we all know, you are a Facebook partner, gaming partner. Um, and how did you get into streaming? Yeah, so hello. I am, for those who don't know, I'm Riri Beebees. Some read it as Rai Rai, Ray Ray. It is Riri. <laughs> um, and I've been gaming all my life, thanks to my brothers. Um, as far as streaming, it was a couple years ago. Um, I actually, some people would probably be surprised I didn't know what streaming was. And um, I was kind of just cruising around Facebook when I got back into gaming. I hadn't been gaming for about five years. And I was cruising around. I ran into, um, like, I was looking for looking up games. And I found Audio Freak. And I found um, Emma, Stunna. And I used to watch Emma all the time. And, like, I adore, I adore her, like, to this day. Like, I just remember, like, I wouldn't even, I had a bad experience with another streamer I used to watch on Facebook. And they were, like, so rude to me that I didn't want to talk to anyone's chat. So I'll watch Emma stream and like not say anything. <laughs> That's how I kind of became a lurker because kind of like you have social anxiety, uh, which is very funny since I'm a streamer. Um, but I was just like, you know, go in there and watch her. And she was always so lively and inviting and fun. Every once in a while I would say something and she knew my name. <laughs> uh, so I was like, oh my gosh. And I just remember like watching how she talked to people and like, the community she had was just so cool. And 
you know, if you guys stop gaming for a little while and you go back on, you know, your friends list is kind of dead. So it's like, you know, people, I don't know if people make new gamer tags or what they do, but they disappear. So I was like, I don't even have any friends on anymore. So I thought, you know, I had a job, you know, I was a banker and I was like, you know, why don't I stream? And maybe I can just, you know, I wasn't taking it seriously. I was like, I just make some friends and I have people to play with. That'll be cool. And, um, I didn't know where I wanted to stream at first because um, what I, one thing I did notice on Facebook is as I kind of went around, I didn't find anyone that looked like me um, as which, as a black woman partnered on here, not even partnered, streaming. Like, you know, and I'm in here in the early stages and I'm like, is this place not welcoming for people of color? Of course, on most platforms, you'll find black men. Usually, if they have anyone that's of color, they it's a black male, usually. We're some of the most least represented groups of people as black women in a lot of spaces, especially streaming. Um, and I was like, I don't know if I really want to stream there, you know? Like, But I loved Emma and I liked what I saw, and I didn't know much about Twitch. So I was like, I mean, I guess I'll stream on Facebook and like see how it goes. And um, fast forward, you know, I <laughs> my games that I was playing, most people don't know this, Riri. I was playing The Division 2 and Battlefield 5. Battlefield 5 is terrible. Dumpster fire. Kind of like the <laughs> new one that... New one still has some potential six months down the line. You know, Battlefield. That's how they do it. Um, my copy doesn't work, y'all. I bought Ultimate Edition EA if you're watching. Shame. Shame. <laughs> $100. Shame. And um, I it just kind of took off, uh, surprisingly, with unpopular games. You know, everyone was on Fortnite and Apex. Uh, eventually, I did switch to Apex. Um, and I was very vocal about the lack of representation on the platform, which I kind of thought would get me, um, people will tell you like, you know, you know, you want to play nice, right? You don't want to get yourself blackballed. And I would tag Facebook and I'd be like, oh, another round of partners, not one black woman. You guys are paying contracts to bring people, even if you don't have anyone here, you're not paying anyone to come over here. Like you're paying every other group of people, but, but black women, like, what is that? And, you know, I kept doing it and I was like, I'm definitely, gonna be in the hole like I'm an untouchable but this will I hope it'll do something one day and then to my surprise you know I got reached out to to get partnered eventually and I didn't even believe it I was asking my friend do you think this is real this person just wrote me from the <laughs> Facebook profile you know because now you can apply you guys but before you had to be like kind of scouted in a way and I was all looking like it says he works for Facebook but I don't know, let me go on his Instagram <gasps> he's being tagged at headquarters like he really works there so I ended up being partnered. I became their first black woman to be partnered on the platform, even though the platform had been up for two, three years. That was last year. Um, I also was in their first class of their black gaming creator program. And um, I guess I can announce it here, I haven't done it yet, but I will officially be in there the second year. Um, so, you know, I'm seeing a lot of changes. It's really great. Happy to see that. Um, something else though, since we go back into the mental health part, that's just my story with streaming that I now do full time yeah. is, um, my, I was struggling at some point. I also suffer from anxiety and depression and there was just one day where I was just struggling really bad and I tried to just get on and play and I became a crybaby on the stream. <laughs> And I finally was just saying like, you know, like, oh, I'm, you know, cause you, when you first start, you know, you want to be like perfect. You want to be happy. You want to be this and that. And I was just like, you know, like, oh, this sucks. I'm going through this and that. And I've been through this and it's so hard. And I had surprisingly 
like the views stayed up and everyone was talking to me and telling me about how much, you know, they, they, they have that too. And I helped them. And a lot of people, you know, couldn't even believe it. They're like, Oh, you know, you, you're so pretty. Oh, you, you already own a house. You have all these things. You have your family, you're, you're married already. Like I would have never guessed. And I'm like, well, yeah, like you don't have to have a shitty life to feel depressed. (laughs) Right. Um, actually you kind of, drive yourself a little bit more crazy when you feel like you know you shouldn't be depressed so like the whole another thing that you add to it like i should be fine look at there's nothing to be upset about um but the reason that i'm not sure if exactly why depression does kind of run in my family i guess you could say my mom is a manic depressive for those who don't know that is bipolar so my mom is bipolar um we grew up poor single mom of five from the second oldest now the oldest uh, for those who don't know, I lost my brother to uh, suicide last December, my oldest brother. So I am now the oldest. I'm coming up on that anniversary, which is pretty hard for me. Um, and it my it was kind of weird. I wouldn't say like my mom necessarily like picked on me or anything, but it was hard for all of us. But for some reason, you know, I was the one that caught a lot of the brunt of the verbal and the physical abuse. My siblings have a different type of relationship with her than I did, and I'm barely coming to a point with them now that I'm 31 that they understand my distance and the things that transpired between us. Because now that I've moved down, I've kind of made another, a relationship with my mom again, been working on it to give her a relationship with my kids. But we're not 100%. Not sure if we ever will be. Um, I don't have any animosity towards her. Um, Kind of back, coming off what you were saying, it's like, it's not an excuse. Some people that I feel like haven't done the work yet feel a different way, but it's like people literally do the best with what they know. Um, and you think it's really instinctual to be a good parent, but I would probably say people talk about how much of an amazing mom I seem like, and I'm like, I think that's because I kind of, in a way, learned what not to be but because of my issues I still feel like I am not perfect and I always have room for growth and there are times where I do know that I do slip up and I wish like oh I shouldn't have done that and I wonder because how I turned out and all my issues like oh like you know you're wondering did I just scar my child and it's a whole another like parental paranoia in itself like, oh my gosh, like, I disciplined my child. Oh, she's crying, like, you know, but technically my daughter, you guys don't know, she's like babyry, as they call her. She's like, oh my God, any little thing makes her cry. <laughs> We're not doing that tonight. Her eyes are watering. And it's like, <laughs> and it's not because she's faking, it's real. It's real, you guys. Like, she's really upset. She's like such a sweetheart and every little thing makes her cry. Her teacher talked about me in a conference, like, you know, she needs the calm down tent a lot. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. You know, home life is great. I don't, she's just sensitive. You know, some kids, it's just their temperament. Yep. There's nothing you can do. They're born that way. Um, but yeah, I just went through a lot of, you know, uh, verbal and physical abuse from my mother. Uh, before my husband, I was in um, a domestic violence type situation. I was in a really bad, toxic relationship with someone Never, didn't have a lot of good relationships anyways, but that one was the first one that was like physical and like controlling and things like that. And I kind of also saw that growing up. My mom 
my stepdad um, was abusive to my mom and they were on and off for years until they finally got divorced. So I've kind of seen a lot, been through a lot, um, and done a lot of work to get where I am mentally, but it's still not, I guess, where I want to be. That's why I'm always saying I'm actively on my healing journey. And I am open about it because it's like you, I feel like something similar to what you're saying, a quote is like, you know, you can't heal what you don't reveal. You don't have to reveal it to everybody. Let's say like a therapist or yourself, right? Because you bury things. And you can, it's almost um, therapeutic to kind of share your experiences, especially when you felt so isolated. Know you're not alone and even feel a little bit good that you're helping others by sharing what you went through. Like to get those letters that I'm changing someone's life or that I made them feel less alone or I made them feel a part of something. Or I've had someone in my community say that I saved them from taking their life even before I even revealed how I lost my brother that way. Because a lot of people didn't know I lost my brother to suicide till way later when I was ready to talk about it. Um, so that's something that I'm always advocating for, you know, on top of pushing for um, black women in content creation and in the streaming industry. I'm very big on normalizing uh, mental health and reducing the stigmas that surround it. Um, I feel like it is something that's thrown around a lot, but I for sure take it very seriously. And that's why I call my community the sanctuary where people can come and are welcome and be who they are or come for help if needed. And that's why that's what my community is called. Nice, nice. Uh, there's a couple things that you've uh, mentioned that uh, I wanted to kind of touch on. One of the things is, mm -hmm. you know, you'd mentioned the parent and feeling like you didn't do good or anything like that, it, you know, at points and did I do this wrong or whatever. And but at the same time, you're like, I feel like I've learned a lot just from what I've been through, which one of the reasons the podcast is around is maybe we can help someone through our troubles and trials. But I was going to mention, you know, life, unfortunately, is the only thing usually that gives you the test and then the lesson. Mm -hmm. You're going to go through it and you got to try and ace the test, but you never really had a lesson to prepare for it. Oh. Um, so um, with that being said, you know, yeah, we're going to sometimes do things that afterwards we're like, why did I do that? But through that, we can also teach people. We learn and then we can teach people. And then uh, I really loved your quote. You can't heal if you don't reveal. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I mean, the first step in just is admitting the first step to healing a problem is admitting you have a problem and that's you know it's the same thing that you're saying here if, you know here this is what i'm dealing with so now i can fix it because i've actively said this is what i'm dealing with so i know now that i'm ready to start fixing it exactly and you know you got to get your say it's like a toolbox that everyone gets um some people are lucky enough that they can equip their toolbox themselves and work through things and i know that that's what's ideal and some people who don't fully understand mental health that is what they believe is the best thing that you can do you should be able to do it on your own 
think it away or don't think about it so it'll go away um there's those of us like myself who need lots of resources like i need talk therapy um I need medication. And for some women who don't know this, and it might be different for other women, I have to stay off hormonal birth control because it, that's, you know, hormones are in your brain. They fuck up stuff in your brain. And when you're already imbalanced, for someone like me, it's not good. It's not good. Okay. Some, I've had friends, you know, partners who's described changes in personality when their women get off hormonal birth control because you just makes you a little, little loco. Um, it can, sorry, not everyone. I won't speak for everyone. Right. Um, and, you know, so I use talk therapy. I typically am on medication. Um, some people stray away from that, but um, a low dose of medication does help me. And um, I rely heavily on working out, staying active. Haven't been able to get back on that just yet because the temperament of my son, he's very demanding. Um, but <laughs> I will get back into lifting soon. That's a very good outlet for me that I discovered late in my life. Um, and, uh, also podcasts, uh, podcasts have been a lot of help for me in terms of reflection and just having, you know, information about things I have been through, maybe things I haven't, even if things I've been through, they kind of touch on things that are detrimental to, I mean, essential, sorry, to you, um, healing from certain things. Uh, so there's a lot of great podcasts out there for those who don't know, and maybe you don't have access. And again, it's not a replacement and this is not a replacement, but that can help you, you know, look at some things. Some of the podcasts even have communities, which is great communities on Facebook or other places that you can be a part of and talk to people that are similar to yourself and reflect on different situations from these podcasts. And that's something that has helped me a lot, especially during COVID when, you know, everyone's mental health went out the window and there was just not enough providers to help everybody. So that was something that personally helped me a lot um, and still helps me to this day is listening to a podcast here and there. Speaking of podcasts, we do put this on Spotify as well, so I will be tagging you when it does come out. Um, oh, okay. Yep. So, um, uh, yeah, there's there's a lot there. There's a lot there, um, but yeah, we are definitely not here to, you know, podcasts are a help to maybe reveal something that you don't know. That's really what it comes down to is, okay, maybe, maybe something that Riri is dealing with is what someone else is dealing with. And all of a sudden they're like, oh my gosh, I can kind of relate, even though it's maybe different circumstances that caused it, but they can relate to the mental health aspect of it. And um, there's just like for me, you know, when a couple people mentioned the social anxiety and I didn't realize that that's really what it was that I was dealing with until they mentioned it on here. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can relate to it. I mean, I, I hit that point in a different way but I can relate to it. And now I can, now that it's revealed to myself and I'm talking about it, I can try to heal it and work on it, which I have been trying to work on. So I've been trying to actually get out and hang with people that I used to hang out with quite a bit and everything like that. And slowly. <laughs> but, uh, and not talk yourself out of it at the last hour. Before yeah. You <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what well, we've kind of already went over, you know, 
your some of your mental health but uh when when did you start like noticing that you were dealing with like depression and anxiety and these different things with your mental health like was it like as a teenager was it later on in your 20s um for me i probably started noticing that i'd say around 14 15 um, I realized, you know, I was uh, doing self-harm. Uh, whenever I would feel really, really overwhelmed or something happened in my house, um, I was cutting. Uh, sorry if that's a, I should leave the warning for that. I'm so sorry. Um, I was cutting my legs. That's something that I used to do um, because it like used to feel like a release to myself when I didn't know how to like express myself or anything. Like um, it was like when I felt like I was about to explode that would be a thing don't know uh for that you know i did like yourself around the same age i had some times where i thought i was suicidal um that i overcame just by myself i wasn't in therapy or anything like that um i turned to um partying because i became somewhat popular uh i've turned to partying uh, luckily i didn't get into anything too crazy or that but i kind of did go a little bit you know probably into things I shouldn't have been doing at 15 and I was doing uh, a lot of drinking and smoking weed until I think at one point I started just realizing that it wasn't working and like I'd be with my friends and I you know sit it out like oh I don't want to smoke and I'd sit there and I would just sigh you know like oh this isn't doing anything you know I still go back to my house and it's the same thing and um Surprisingly enough, I was doing okay in school. So, of course, I graduated. I, gra I was doing well in school. Um, but it wasn't probably until I just thought I had baggage, you know, and, like, issues. Like, I thought I just overreacted to things sometimes. Um, I thought I was kind of, like, obsessed and anal about cleaning because I was raised to be that way because I was always getting in trouble for cleanliness. Um, and I think it was, like, really after I had my daughter um, when I was 25 that I kind of just felt like something was wrong. Um, it was like probably when she was almost one. And I went to talk to my doctor and they were like, well, it's definitely not postpartum. Um, it's been a while because I was okay, you know, in the beginning. And I went for my intake and in my intake, they're just like, oh, so, you know, think you have depression, anxiety, suffering from some PTSD. Um, I hear a little bit of social anxiety, um, and based on some questions that I've asked you, it actually seems like you've been dealing with this for quite some time. Um, were you diagnosed before? And I'm like, no. <laughs> like, my mom didn't take me anywhere, you know? She she was getting treated for her stuff, but it's also like, I think she took me once when I was really young, but it was kind of like a, a lot of people that deal with a, being a child in those type of situations is you can't really use your therapy. Um, you kind of just sit there awkwardly because you would be tearing your house apart. You know that if you say anything, CPS is going to come to your house and you mm -hmm. and your siblings are going to go who knows where and you don't know if it's even going to be a better situation because you hear horror stories about foster children too. Yep. And I had my dad that didn't really know much was going on that he's pretty well off and I would have been okay, but I knew my siblings wouldn't. So I kind of just shut up, you know, um, and, you know, 
like I said, when I was older is when I kind of really saw and was diagnosed officially with depression and anxiety. But looking back and knowing what I know now, like, oh, I've been suffering a long time. <laughs> so that's kind of, you know, where I'm at. And I got on a treatment plan and I did much better with talk therapy. Um, I had a few times, you know, I won't really push meds on people and a lot of people are anti-med for whatever reason. Um, I personally didn't have a first good experience with my medication, but I did, you know, start and wean myself off of things that weren't working for me. And then I did find something that works for me and kind of kept the dose low so that it takes the edge off and doesn't make me like numb like some people describe, which right. I, I've, I felt that before too. And, um, and yeah, that's kind of where I am now, you know, I'm just continuing to do the work on myself and try to stay conscious of what what I'm going through and what I'm experiencing mm-hmm. and not really letting, you know, my anxiety and depression be the driver in my life. Right. That, that's good. That don't let don't let it be the driver because that takes you down bad roads. Bad roads. It does. And again, don't want anyone to feel bad if you are struggling and you feel like you're mm-hmm. Your anxiety and depression is winning a lot of days. Um, that doesn't mean that you're failing or doing anything wrong. Because I know it's so hard. I remember feeling this when you hear other people telling their success stories or when they get to a certain point and you're not at that point and feeling like something's wrong with you. It just takes time. Um, it takes time and it takes work. It's not just time. I don't think for certain things that you're going through, especially some of these mental things, that time is going to be the thing that just heals it. I do think that you do need to at least go to talk therapy. I'm a very big advocate for that. If you're anti-med, cool. Please go talk to someone. Um, Let someone else tell you, you know, or that you're okay. Or sometimes some people go through multiple therapists or keep therapists their whole life. Sometimes people outgrow a therapist and get, start with another therapist Mm -hmm. and get what they need from another therapist. Like it, it, the journey is different for everybody. Um, but just please try to get some help um, following Instagram accounts <laughs> and stuff that post information and tips. I don't feel like is a pretty a sufficient way of getting help. If you think it works for you, that's great. But I strongly advise that if you are struggling, uh, please check in with someone. Yep. For me and lots of other people, it's been a big, like, you know, life changing experience. And you'd be surprised, you know. Don't let your anxiety talk you out of it and overthink about how awkward it's going to be. Um, and may, maybe, too, sometimes you feel, oh, I saw someone and I didn't like them and I know it's not for me. I've seen therapists, too, that I realized weren't for me and went on and had great experiences with other therapists. Um, you have to find what works for you. And sometimes even using reviews is not going to help you because everyone's different and what they go through is different and how they respond to things is different. And that will also dictate their experience with the therapist. Yep. Yep. Chalupa says that all the time because uh, he actually, after we started the podcast um, shortly, I don't know how long she was into it, he actually started going and looking for a therapist for himself. And he's been to a few since he started going. And he's just trying to find that one that works with for him the one that he meshes with well and uh i mean she's 100 percent right i mean some people like myself 
I mean, if if I get to a point and I feel like I have to go to a therapist, I will go to a therapist. I'll just let you guys know I have a great great insurance and everything like that. Um, they'll cover a lot of it. But I mean, I've been working on self healing myself and um just one of the biggest things for me is just the talking because I'm getting it out in the open and it's like a release for me. Um, so some of the other things that I got to get myself into doing is um, I used to actually be very, very active and I need to get back into that because that's like a re- that was always a release for me is being active. Um, so there's definitely, definitely different things that can help people, but ultimately, you know, if, you guys are struggling and these different things that you try are not helping please please go see a therapist whether it be a talking therapist or even if you they put you on meds and everything like that just something because as you're important you're important to somebody everybody is important to somebody somebody's going to miss you if something ever happens and that's what we do not want to see happen um speaking of which i know Khaled, I am so sorry. My condolences. I know we've talked about this before on Twitter and everything. And I posted about your brother and everything like that. I can't believe that it's been a year. Um, so, yeah. I can't believe it's been a year. I know that's when we started talking. and That's when uh, I invited you to come on and kind of tell the story of everything, what you've been through. Um, but with your mom, did you ever talk to your mom about things that you were dealing with mentally or even your dad um my dad i didn't let him know so like way later and it was a similar thing you know i told him kind of i didn't want to you know displace my siblings or do anything to my mom i didn't want my mom in jail i didn't feel like she's an evil person to this day i don't um i know she's mentally ill and um you know she's feeling herself she's been through a lot um as far as my mother um around the time i was 23 24 she had an episode and she kicked me out on the streets um and i just remember that my now husband um he was in a fraternity i lived in a fraternity house because he took me in disgusting sorry (laughs) but i wasn't on the street (laughs) um and it just you know out of all the stuff we've been through it was just one thing that really i'd say put the most strain on our relationship and at that point i wanted nothing to do with her um i wasn't at the point that i am now and i remember you know she made several attempts especially when she found out that i was expecting um to talk to me and i was just like don't ever talk to me again and over time um i i think i just started realizing that i think it was more of like an anger and not wanting to deal with that. But later down the line, a couple of years ago, she did um, acknowledge finally and apologize for treating me the way that she did, which took a lot. And even then, um, I was kind of on a talking basis with her, but it was a little hard because, you know, we hadn't been talking for years. And with all that we've been through, I just didn't feel that connection with her. Mm. So it kind of just be like, oh, you know, just really quick conversation, like conversation. If she called, I wouldn't answer and only write her. And if she wrote me, like I would have her text. And I, I, 
in terms of like a, I learned this from like one of my therapists and I also heard it in the podcast is just like, it was that boundary. My mom kind of struggles with the boundary. She's eager to have me in her life, but it was too much. Too um, much so too she ever quick. had a chance to talk to me again. She's like wanted to call me all day. So I had to put it to where I would just mute her. And I would see sometimes that she wrote me and until I was ready, cause I know the effect it would have on me. I wouldn't open the message for days until I was sitting there and I can process it because I knew if I opened a message when I wasn't ready, my whole night's ruined or my whole day is ruined. Oh, I, I'm now being a bitch at work because I'm triggered. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- there was just times where she just wouldn't hear from me for a long time. And I just kind of just kept it that way. Um, it wasn't until recently um, that I moved back to Southern California that I kind of rekindled things with her. But I never... If I was always living in Southern California, she would have seen me a long time ago. She would have seen my my daughter. Um, I know she would do it, wouldn't do anything to my kids. I don't think she's a, a mean person. She's not a bad person. Um, and I think even after like my brother passed, I blamed her, which I realized was kind of wrong. But I feel like a lot of people go through that with grief. You're trying to find someone mm-hmm. to blame. And I just blamed her because I'm like, you know, look what you did to us. You know, all your kids have all these problems and it's because of you. And, you know, uh, looking back, I was like, that was so evil for me to say. (laughs) And even if I do feel like even if I did feel like it had truth and it wasn't me being reactive because I didn't say it in a like reactive type of way, I was like, you know, that's terrible. Like, sorry, it was just like, I'm not just grieving my brother like that's her baby. Imagine if I lost one of my babies and someone said that to me, like, that's so evil. Like, and I had to really own that and be like, you know, I'm sorry. Like, that is so wrong to say to somebody. Like, I couldn't imagine no matter what I did to my kids and I'm grieving their loss in that way. And someone says, it's your fault. And that's just a part of that growth too. You know, whether I felt like I owed her that or not, I had to, like I said, you know, you have to own up to those things because you can't just, the same thing that I'm mad and that I went through, um, you know, for, you know, her having her shortcomings or exploding on me or my siblings, you know, for things she went through. It's like I can't do that to someone else now when I, when I, you know, have felt the end of that, the other end of that. And I kind of just like after I had that outburst, like I stayed away. I didn't go to my brother's wake because I didn't want to face her and I was pregnant. It was very hard dealing with my brother's loss while I was pregnant. And I just knew, like, you know, since we weren't on terms like that, that it would be too much for me. And it was very hard for me to not go. But a part of, you know, getting to a certain place of healing and what helps me manage my depression and anxiety is, unfortunately, it's not just putting boundaries on others. It's you knowing when to stop yourself and not put yourself in certain situations that aren't good for you. And I just knew that. Even though I really wanted to be there, it was not going to be a good place for me. And it was probably not going to be good for my family. Um, So I didn't go. And um, fast forward to this year, uh, my husband gets a job in Southern California with this tech company. We ended up moving down here. And it was very important to my sister who just got out the army um, that, you know, I kind of was around more. We had to fight it out, too, because she just didn't understand. But... You know, in hindsight, she was way younger than me while everything was going on. So she didn't really see that, you know, like 
even with my mom being mentally ill, like most parents, she mellowed down. You know, she wasn't as anal. And she, as she got better with her OCD and stuff, she wasn't as, right. you know, aggravated or mad all the time. And her treatment got better, and she wasn't having as many manic episodes. Um, so, you know, she had a completely different thing. And I always tell my brothers and sisters, you know, this isn't for me to tell you what to do. I'm just saying this was my experience and why things are this way for me. And I was kind of estranged from all of them except my oldest brother for a long time. And now here it's like full circle. I'm back here and I have some type of relationship with her. Um, I wouldn't say it's like 100% back, but we're in a good place. And I think I've done enough healing. I feel like testament to my healing that um, the work that I've done, that I'm able to have a relationship with her. Not like BFFs talking on the phone all day. But I can talk to her and, you know, she can come over and things like that and see the kids or vice versa. And we're in a pretty good place, which I never thought would be a thing. I can attest to not thinking that uh, being in a good place with a parent. Because, you know, one of the things that my father, it wasn't anything like what you dealt with or anything. But mentally, he was always like, you'll never amount to anything. You're never going to be anything. And it was his way to try and motivate me. And looking back at it, I can see it and everything. But probably about four years ago, he actually came up to me and instigated the conversation with me. Because I've always been cordial with him and everything like that mm -hmm. through everything. Because I, he's still my father, so I can still love him and everything. But he actually came up to me and he's like, I just want to let you know I'm really proud of who you've become. I'm really proud of what you're doing. So that, I think, helped move along some of the healing with me, with him. I mean, we're still not, obviously, going to be, because all that, it's going to affect you. You know, everything mm -hmm. you went through, it's going to affect you. So I don't think there's ever going to be a point where it's going to be 100% healed. But no. <laughs> you, you, you are working and even even at a 75% heal or an 80% healing is better than what it was, you know? Exactly. So, um, and especially with, you know, I see with my parents and everything like that, you know, because they've got grandkids and everything, that they want to be around them. So I can just imagine, you know, your mom wanting to see her grandkids too. So, you know, in that aspect... It's it's a good thing for the grandkids and your you know for your kids and for your mom to see them and yeah you you got to pick and choose your battles too and and that's that 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 well. that mm -hmm. is that I when you said that I'm like that's a good point because certain things will trigger what you're dealing with and if you're not ready to deal with that then. Maybe don't go, don't do it, don't go, don't, whatever it may be. Um, so I thought that was a really good point that you brought up. It's just pick and choose your battles so that way you kind of keep yourself from falling into those places. And I'm not saying isolate yourself, but like even now with the holidays come up, right? How many times, especially in this era that we see where people are so open on social media, do you see people go on TikTok or here and there and talk about how, they didn't want to go, but they went to Thanksgiving or Christmas and it was mm -hmm. a shit show and they had to see 
their uncle who raped them or other things like that and it's just like why even you know put why, yourself in why that put situation? yourself in that position like just but you know you people make you and i i, I want to talk about this too because i felt it a lot when i was um estranged from my mom it's like people almost make you feel like you have to it's like i would mm-hmm. say things that i had happened to me and i don't have a relationship with my mom they're like oh well that's your mom so what and it's like these are people who've never been through anything that you've been through and it's like oh so what doesn't matter at the end of the day that's your mom and i'm like and i'm her daughter at the end of the day the way she treated me i was her daughter like like it goes both ways right and, and, and i feel and, like sometimes people just feel pressured like people are making them um talk to their family or they feel like they're obligated because oh like at the end of the day all i have is family and Family can be just as toxic as some people that you meet on the street. I have some family members, like, well, particularly one, like my mom's sister, I do not talk to her at all. I actually do think she's a bad person. <laughs> but other than that, like, I, I've been pretty okay with most of my family, excuse me. But, yeah, and, and you know, it's like you said, and, it, you know, it's like I even said, it's not that I never didn't love my father. I've always loved your father. You said you've always, you've, you love your mother. You just didn't like how she treated you or the things that she dealt with that caused her to treat you the way she did. So it's not that we never love them because we still love them. Now, if they actually are legitimately a bad person, that's a whole different story. But there's are, there are times and sometimes circumstances that just they don't know how to handle. You know, it's just like. The, le- the the lesson is after the test. I mean, legitimately. They went through that, and it's they didn't know how to handle it because they haven't been through a lot of it before. you know. So, and now they're on top of it. They're dealing with their mental health or whatever it is that they may be dealing with. So you're dealing with a child, and you, it's a lot, just a lot of variables. Just mm-hmm. a lot of variables. That's that what you learn when you become an adult, right? Yep. You yep. see it different. Like how they tell you you will, but you're like, bullshit. But <laughs> you see, like, the things you go through, right? And you're pretty okay. It was like, sometimes I did have to do that. Like, oh, imagine my mom. She's like, single mom of five. She's working two jobs sometimes. She's been through shit, so she's not all mentally there. And mm-hmm. should, should I, ideally in a perfect world, say, oh, she should have more patience? She should have more compassion? She should, but holy shit, like that's a lot of stuff on your plate. You have five kids to feed and sometimes you can't. And you have roofs keep over their head, food on their food on their plates, clothes on their backs. And then, you know, of course, like with all that stress already, of course if any of us even does a regular child misbehaving, you don't you're not equipped for that. You know, it's mm-hmm. just like you're already at your wits end most of the time. Yep. Yep. Well, and, a- and dealing with her own mental health issues. Yeah, I mean, like my dad, he was going to school full-time and working full-time. Or I think for the most part, full-time. But it's a lot of stress. It's a lot of stress on him. And then on top of it, having a, a, I think it was when he started going to school, couple, two kids, three kids maybe. And it's just, like you said, a lot of build-up and a lot of things that they got to try and deal with at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, um, so how has streaming kind of helped you with your mental health? Has it bettered it? Has it made it worse? 
in most cases, it has made it so much better. Um, with streaming, I feel like I found, you know, dealing with similar things and being told not so nice things growing up. Um, I found something that I love to do, something that I'm great at, and something that I could be impactful in doing as well. And um, that's what I love, and just being connected to people and making a difference in so many people's lives is just something I really enjoy. Um, on top of just the regular escape of video games, um, I get to escape into a whole different world, like with all these people and all these new friends that I've met. and. Even not streaming for the time that I was during my stressful mood, uh, it's kind of weird. You kind of wonder, oh, what they're doing, and you know, mm -hmm. how's this person, how's that person, and even when you're continuously streaming and someone's there all the time, they disappear. I told them, I'm like, I'm that creep. I will go in the sanctuary group and search for you as a member and try to search you on Facebook if I can. And when I can't find you, I get sad because I'm like, what happens to them? I hope they're okay. Like, right. I was right. like, where's this person? You know, and. I felt like it also just gave me a place to, for the first time, because, you know, being a popular girl, I didn't talk about my, you know, mental health struggles or things that are going on at home. Um, and then, you know, when you're out of high school and you're kind of college, you're kind of keeping to yourself and you don't just like when you meet little friends here or there in class, you're not dumping that on them. And I found it just, I found a place where I can feel like I can 100% be who I was and I was accepted for it. And even the parts of myself that I think are like, or I'm a complete dork, like people love it. And <laughs> it just gave me, it gave me like a freedom that I never felt that changed, not just how I am on screen, but how I am off screen. And even if I don't continue being a full-time streamer forever, continue streaming, it's something that I will always have and I will always cherish because it really changed how I view things and how I feel about things. Nice. Yeah. It's so many times we, we've heard actually both sides of the spectrum as far as how streaming is with people. Cause as you know, with some of the issues that can come along with certain portions of certain platforms, you know, whether it be Twitch, whether it be Glimish, whether it be Facebook and, and Facebook's always been the big one that you see, you know, with a lot of the different issues that have come on up and everything like that. So we've heard both sides of the story where, yeah, it's just mentally just trashed my mental health because this is how I make my life. This is how I support myself and I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do this. But then we have those stories too, where it's like, Oh, it's just the best because, you know, I've made friends. I've done this. I've done that. I mean, and, and, and I'm doing something I enjoy at the same time. So I think overall, I think most people love what they went, you know, being able to stream. And I think it's been a lot of positive for their mental health. But it's those certain issues that come up at times on whatever platform it is that just puts their stress through the roof and their anxiety because some of them, like yourself, your partners, but yet they support themselves, you know, like you, you have a, a husband that helps support you. So, you know, if something goes wrong, not that she's like, oh, my gosh, I need not that you don't want this to come up because you guys depend on some of that income. But others, that's like that's all they have because that's all mm -hmm. they are is it's them and them alone. So 
I think for the most part, I think everybody enjoys and thinks that it's a great mental health uh, boost because they make their friends. They've got people that relate to and everything like that in like your community checking on them and everything. But some of them that they have those certain moments that the platform just messes with them. And that's it. it unfortunately, it happens. I mean, it's not a perfect world. And, you know, platforms go down. Platforms have issues. I mean, it's it's computer programming. And that's unfortunate. It's unfortunate, but. And it plays on their stress. But you. I mean, no, I've had it. You, I've, you've I, had I'm it. I'm known. I'm known. I know you see me on the Twitter. I got the Twitter. I know you've seen me on the Twitter, and you oh, guys yeah. have seen me have a very, very uh, rough year this year. You know, coming into the year, losing my brother, um, dealing with the platform issues that started that that year prior. Um, it's almost like I didn't get to enjoy my partnership. Um, as soon as my partnership happened, that's when a lot of the things happened, which was uh, last summer and a lot of people's stuff went to shit and I was one of them, you know, I was someone who was growing fast. Um, I was climbing up there and then all of a sudden it's like someone just snatched the rug from under me and I could barely hold 20 viewers. And I know there's some people who like to, I feel like it's almost like be a little snobby about it and act like, oh, you know, well, you know, it's all about your content and it's like, it's not. And unfortunately, like I've said openly on Twitter a few times, welcome to the party when it happens to you because it circles around to everybody and you're at your 1,000 CCV and now you're at 50 or 20 with the rest of us. Yep. And it's like, oh, look at, you know, uh, that compassion could have gone a long way a couple months ago when you were acting like, you know, you're just like, I'm above it and, I focus on my content and that's why I'm this. The next thing you know, you're having a mental breakdown and it's like, oh, well, hi, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. Welcome to the shit show, you know, because I, I, you thought that you were just unaffected and I just knew because I've been on this platform pretty, you know, not, I've not been the longest, but I've been here for a while and I'm like, you know, I've watched so many people have a full circle turnaround, mm -hmm. you know, the algo, them being dropped, like literally dropped from the algo. Or, you know, if they never hit Algo and they were just doing great and holding regular viewers, which I feel like it's more solid than hitting Algo. I don't know why people care about Algo because it's just numbers fluff, likes fluff. It doesn't do anything for your community long term. Nope. Um, when people who actually slowly grow those returning viewers, like I've seen everything being snatched from them too. I still have moments where people come to my stream like, I haven't seen your stream for like two years. And I guess my notifications were off and I just thought you just stopped streaming and I have to just be like, welcome, welcome back <laughs> and just keep everything I want to say to myself, you know, cause, but depending on where I was mentally some days, especially last year, you know, with pregnancy hormones and dealing with grief, I had a lot of bad, I had a lot of bad time on stream and off stream earlier this year. It was pretty, I, I consider myself, it was pretty bad. I talked to my community about it and it, it can be pretty rough and it sucks that even with people knowing about these issues, people still like to have a sort of like elitism towards other streamers on the platform when they know that unfortunately I'm not discrediting anyone or their hard work. A lot of it on Facebook specifically is luck. It's algorithm luck. Um, you just mm -hmm. don't know. It hops around and touches a stream here or there. 
And yeah, there are things that you can do to help it. But some people, there's nothing you change. Your content doesn't get worse. And it just, your your time is up, I guess, for whatever reason. And it's an uphill climb, but it's almost like you're kind of slipping and not going anywhere the whole time. And um, it's very hard to not let that affect you. And I am barely getting it to a point where it doesn't. And I wish I had some nice inspirational advice about it, but... Um, my advice is kind of cliche. I just really just focus on the people who are there. Like the people like now, what's kind of good of me leaving and then coming back is I'm coming back into the game. I want it to be in always, which is halo and my battlefield that's broken. Um, and you know, I see who's really with me. You know, I do understand though. I don't want to bash any viewers that aren't interested in the game and just don't want to watch it. You know, that's kind of understandable. But, you know, there's people who I have stuck with me through years, the years through, like, many games. And I'm so appreciative of them. And I always say there's no re without you because I feel like I wouldn't be the place that I am if it wasn't for a lot of the people in my community. And I focus on those people who want to hang out with me, who want to be here regardless of what I'm playing and want to talk about, talk to me and ask me, you know, how I'm doing and tell me how they're doing. And those people matter the most to me. Um, I don't care about the fluff numbers and the people that just come in there and say, hi, how are you doing every day? Right. Those people are fine. But like, just, I feel like when I see Algo that I don't really see anything that's like long lasting there. Sometimes you might meet someone off a raid, which is great. That's that usually feel like lead to something, but I just, I cherish those that cherish me and that care about my content. And I feel like that's what's most important. And I know people hate hearing that because they want to hear, like, what's the magic? What's the magic potion? What what can I do to get things rolling? And how do I get, like, this person? But you don't. Just just be yourself. And there's so many people trying to be everybody else. Yep. Just be yourself. Like, that's honestly how I grew, even though some people may or may not think my growth is significant. Um. That's how I grew, and that's how I got to where I am, is being myself. And I've never sugarcoated anything, which I feel like maybe it's my anxiety and my imposter syndrome telling me that that's why I'm, like, not a cool kid and not everyone wants to, like, be my friend and streaming. But I've just always been true to who I am, and whether that sits well with a lot of people or not, it sits well with me because I know that I'm being genuine and the people that are around me are around me for me because I'm not pretending to be anybody else but i'm glad that i don't have to wake up every day and fake it to make it right so right. i'm gonna be right back i need to go use the restroom too much coffee today okay <laughs> so i will be right back this is this is where chalupa and devious would be good to have because we could continue the conversation but go ahead and talk to the communities i will be right back guys give me a second i apologize no problem. Does anyone um, have anything that they wanted to ask me or talk about while he goes on a potty break? I'm here for the good, the bad, the ugly, the schmexy. You want all the smoke? That's good to know. You found me randomly been down ever since. And I love it. I don't care. I love it. Maybe I should embarrass myself on someone else's stream. I already embarrassed myself. I'm not going to, yeah. Let's not sing off key on someone else's stream. We'll do it only on mine. 
I just want to know, by the way, for any of my mods, do you guys see, like, when I sing off key, does my CCV go down? I've always wondered, but I couldn't check because I'm usually playing the game. Like, I know you guys are laughing, but I always wonder if there's someone who doesn't know me. Do they come on my stream and go, damn, she cannot sing and just close it out? And will forever be a number two fan. Sam has been around forever. I very much um, cherish Sam's friendship and Raina's friendship too. And so many of you guys that I've met. And like I said, it's another thing. Like I said, I'll say it all over and over and over and over, and over again. There would be no re without you guys. Oh gosh, Zach. You know what? I say that happens. And I think sometimes... There's been people that I find through other people, and I yo guys, I apologize. Community. I am that's okay. Back. As long as you end up where you need to be. Yo, we still have re the be of, re the beast. So oh, CCV, it's concurrent viewers. Like how many people are? Um, so far having a great conversation with her. Appreciate her coming on. Oh, thank you, Sylvia. So, you think uh, I'm brave? We'll uh, kidding, we'll I'm go ahead and uh, get back into it. Shit. No reason. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's uh my social my social anxiety. I do like the random embarrassing things. Yeah, I think I've done that a few times. Just randomly <laughs> do something that you never usually do. So that and could I'm like, be. I haven't even been lifting. Why would I flex? Why would I flex my little string bean? There's yeah. not one shoulder boulder. There's not one bicep right there. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> Uh, so, but yeah, no, I get what you, you know, it's, I'm, you see me on Twitter all the time, tweeter, um, I'm always watching and looking at the different tweets and how you see certain ones where they're like, well, this is, you just got to change your content or you got to just keep grinding or you got to do this. But in reality, it's. Now you're seeing some of the ones that are doing it are dealing with some, that have said it are dealing with some of the same things, and um, it 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 happens to everybody. It happens to everybody, and 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 honestly, like you said, the best thing you can do any content creator is just concentrate on what you bring the t to the table, build the community that you want to build. They're going to be there for you because of who you are, and. When you do that, then your mental health, when it comes to streaming, will be in a far better place than if you're worrying about the concurrent viewers that you are talking about. Mm -hmm. so. I'm having the time of my life this past week on Halo, and I don't even look over there. I know that sounds cliche too, but I'm just like, dude, you know, I'm over here. I'm worried about my killing sprees and whoever wants to roll with me. <laughs> Y'all don't want to roll with me because, you know, the COD and the Halo community never have mixed. That's cool. Hope you find an amazing viewer that, you know, amazing, sorry, streamer that fits your needs. But unfortunately, mm -hmm. it won't be me. And I'm actually, too, it could be the game you're playing. Play yep. games that are good for your mental health. Cause let me tell you, COD, everyone knows, just piss me off, okay? And I've never, as I always said, have been a COD player. But... I was tired of Apex, and I like, you know, war-type tactical games. That's what I like. And there was no Battlefield, because Battlefield 5 was doo-doo. So I played Warzone, and I did think it was fun at some point. But, you know, at the core, I just, I'm not a COD player, you know? So I just had to, I had to 
how to get off that that bus and that ride and there's a lot of people that just want to keep complaining and getting back on every day um and i understand it too because some people that's how you pay your bills if that's mm-hmm. all people are going to watch you play then i understand that too so i'm not shaming you for that but i just know that it comes out in my content and in my mood better when i'm playing something that i actually enjoy yep. um whether there's a bunch of people circling around watching me play it or not so I mean, and I've been 100%. playing New World. I had fun with that too, you know. One hundred percent. I've been saying that for the longest time. Just, just play what you like. But I also, like you said, you get it, you know. And and like I've personally seen just through people that I follow on Facebook and everything like that. Certain games. So like, if I go to someone and I see that they're live, but I never got a notification or anything like that. But they're playing Fortnite, and I followed them when they played COD. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I've noticed that happen where it's just like notifications only happen when they play the game that you followed them on at times, mm-hmm. and uh, so that's why some of them do. You know, they they played COD and they played COD and played COD because that was just the game at the time, and that's. They ended up building their following off of that. They try to play one other game. They notice a big drop in their viewership and everything like that. So they go back to Con. Then all of a sudden, it's back through the roof. And that's why they mm-hmm. keep playing it. Me? I try playing God. Yeah. Talk about mental health despair. I <laughs> legitimately, the game is installed just to run with a few people that. I consider friends because that's all they play. And I mm-hmm. let them know, hey, I don't play it. I'm not going to rage, though, because I'm, I'm just here to hang out and get some vibes with you. Yep, I'm a cod tater tot. Not full potato, not full potato. I'm a tater tot, and I can carry my own weight for the most part. May not be able to carry my arms and legs a few times, but for the most part, <laughs> I got myself. And I just got bad. You know how I knew I didn't like the game? I wasn't getting better at it. I started off getting better at it, and the more I didn't like playing it, the worse I played. Doesn't matter what my mindset was. I just couldn't. I, I feel just, that. I'm, I, I was playing Ranked Halo the other night, y'all, and I was getting clapped, and I was laughing. Because <laughs> I, I like him. I was like, oh, my gosh. Ah, he teabagged me, you fucker. <laughs> um, it's like having fun. It's just like. That's when know, you know the game is for you. I know it's going to take a hit. And, you know, sometimes my CCB did go up. And I was like, oh, that was cool. But when it did it, it's like, you know, I'm having fun. And you'd be surprised how much of a difference that makes in your content. But mm-hmm. I do know it's not easy for people to walk away from your viewers. But I will say that, like, you know, you can't play COD forever. You know, the next new thing will come. And sometimes when you build your community around the, what's the next hot thing, Sometimes when the next hot thing comes and you try to hop on that, people don't even follow you to it. Yep. And you have nothing because you built a community around a game and not yourself. Yep. And that can put you into a very hard spot. And I've seen a lot of people deal with that. Um, some of them don't openly say it. Um, they'll talk about it privately. But that can happen too. You know, you keep trying to ride the waves. There's going to be some waves. It's like we'll use analogy of surfing. That even if you get on it, you're not going to hit it. And you'll still end up with nothing because you were the cod girl or the cod guy and you're still trying to play cod and cod's not hot anymore and you're going to what's hot and they want to the next hot streamer and 
that that'll be very unfortunate mm-hmm. you know so that's why i tell people do what makes you happy and play what you like and I, I think i'm just such of a blunt person i don't usually have people coming into my stream or have learned not to to tell me to play something they'd be like oh re why aren't you playing apex i'm like why don't you play apex <laughs> i don't give a fuck i'm obviously not playing apex so right exactly oh well i'm not gonna come back okay bye I don't want to play anymore. Cool. You weren't a real follower anyways. Bye. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's why it's kind of nice seeing some of the um, larger streamers like Pool Shark and Darkness and Stone Mountain. They're starting to get into more of that variety. They're not playing the same game all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe, maybe that will help change the emphasis on, okay, this is what you built your community on. This is what we're going to push out for you. And maybe because this is happening, maybe now it'll actually start accepting those that want to play variety because not everyone wants to play a game, especially a game that makes you rage and just trashes your mental health all the time. Imagine they don't realize how often we play. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because you play the game on stream for 40 plus, some people even more hours a week. And then sometimes you want to just play with your friends. So you're playing it off stream and you're playing more than they ever could. Understanding that you have other obligations and stuff. If you're not a full-time streamer, you're playing this game maybe eight hours a week. I'm playing this game so many much fucking more times than you a week that I am over it way before you could be. Yep. Like, and there are some people, too, who are just the straight bangers that it never gets old for them. And that's that's great. But for me, like, I when I tell people, like, once I'm off of something, like, I'm off of it. It's the next game. I don't want to be playing the same thing for, like, three years. That'll drive me insane. <laughs> but I, I'm known for that. I will play anything. I'm like, if y'all don't want to watch me then cool like you know i had a time in my life one time playing little nightmares i was scared as hell but i, I had a time <laughs> in my life okay they've watched me play resident evil biohazard almost knock my chair backwards and everything like i i will go out you know my comfort zone and play other things and i am even though i'm not the best at shooters i just like shooters that's what i play but same you gotta you gotta just it, which sounds funny, right? Because it doesn't sound like unstressful at all. But just really go for for what you like. Don't go for what you know, what everybody knows. Because you'll see like the Sachis, right? That are just killing on Animal Crossing. Um, or you'll see um, people that play, you know, Adam Stacks killing it on Fallout. Fallout guy. Was Fallout Guys? I didn't really play it. I, y'all, my game library. I should be ashamed of myself. I buy all these damn games. Y'all know about it. Y'all do it too. Um, knockout whatever it's called he you know he's big on that and a lot of people you know find their niche somewhere you know when yep. i was playing and growing rapidly off battlefield 5 and division 2 nobody was playing it i didn't go oh i need to play fortnite i got on and i played what i wanted to play and it worked for me at the time but i just think too i think sometimes people need to remember as well with the type of community that you're trying to build of course there's a range of people that play all types of games but sometimes you might be building the community that you don't even want because certain communities have certain types of people generally like we know for a fact that genuinely generally sorry cod has a very toxic player base very and then you guys are wondering why you have so many trolls 
because it's COD. Have you been in the COD lobby ever in your life? Like, I know we don't hear them as much on Warzone, but like, go play a game multiplayer and say hi, guys, and see what happens. And that's the people you're trying to attract to your stream. Yep. Yep. Oh, that's 100%. I mean, just just even watching some of the clips that get put out there with, oh, act, hey, Activision, what are you going to do about this? You know? And then on top of it, you had all the hackers because it's such an easily hackable game. Don't remind and, me, I'm still happy to pass. <laughs> and, and it's just like, it, it's just toxic. I mean, in every way possible, it's toxic. <laughs> Someone in our chat said, Cod fanboys always insulting my mama. <laughs> <laughs> Since you were a kid, the Cod, Cod players have been coming for your mama, okay? Uh, I've been called every B word in the book and every other horse, like, anybody, anything, like always on Cod, okay? I'm not gonna lie though, those Halo 3 lobbies is pretty toxic back in the day, <laughs> back in the day too. Uh, I actually, honestly, never really played a Halo. Mm, that's a shame. Never really, never it's, it's very different. Uh, it's kind of like a, I wouldn't say it's a quiet taste. It's one of those things where if you like it or you don't. I, yeah. And, well, that's just with any game, too, though. I mean, you're either going to like it or you're not. But I, I love the fact that you're, you know, you're, you're saying don't play games if they drag your mental health down i mean it's it's so funny because you'll see i i love playing cod i love playing cod i love playing cod oh my god cod is such a trash game not even mm -hmm. two hours late into playing the game on, on a tw on twitter posts and um it, it won't make up your mind and you know mm -hmm. it's this is you know what you're getting into do you expect anything like I mean, come on, the stim glitch. How long has that stim glitch been in there now? Almost every update since it came out. How many times have they added a new gun that's so broken? <laughs> it's like, that shit gets so old, man. I honestly feel like, too, like, you know, y'all know my sentiment. Cod's so disrespectful. They are so disrespectful. I would just say, like, I think we've all said it, but I just, like, they don't care about their fan base, like, at all. Like, I know we're talking... And this is what I was talking about the other day. I, one thing I really don't like is the criticism and rejection of so many games that people will go, oh, this is what's wrong with Battlefield. I'm never going to play Battlefield. It's broken on launch, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, COD has been fucking broken for years. Like, shut the hell up. And y'all still be booting that shit up every day. And y'all play through it when the guns are broken, when the stem glitches are there. But oh, if another game isn't perfect on launch, oh, it's trash. It's so trash, untouchable trash. And I'm like, oh, it's untouchable trash. Well, what is it about COD that makes it exempt from all of these same emotions? Because you guys will still get on there every day, but you will bash any other game that doesn't come out perfect. Like the same people that are bashing, like, even, I'm not saying it wasn't terrible, but like Cyberpunk, Battlefield, all these other bad launches. It's like, oh, well, you're sitting here booting up COD every single day for two years. And, and, and they and they don't even have they don't even try to fix it or address it like the other companies do no they're just like oh shit well you know nope we'll get nope. around to it and then by the time we fix it we're gonna give you a new gun and uh it's gonna break again yep when you patch that gun the stem glitch gonna come back again 
Uh, we're going to give you this helicopter that makes people invisible. And then we're going to take it out every time it uh, it's broken. And then we'll put it back in. And then and, we'll, we'll take and, it out. And, and then the mental health will just drop because you're so upset about everything. And, and no complain anti-cheat. about it. <laughs> and no yeah. anti-cheat for two years. And you guys have no problem. But you're bashing any other game that's not perfect at launch. Yeah. And I think that is something that's just bizarre that I like to watch. I'm like, are you guys kidding me? You guys are game critics now. Oh, okay. <laughs> The same uh, game, game critics that couldn't stand against Activision for one day. Now you're anti every other game. Okay. You guys are so interesting. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it's amazing what a game can do to a person. Just the moods that can come out of it and everything. I mean, on top of it, like, with COD being such a toxic community and everything like that, I mean, that in a general can affect your mental health. You know, because all you, you you drop someone and all of a sudden you hear their com- death comms come through and everything like that. And it's just so toxic and so negative. And they don't even know you, but constantly hearing that throughout playing the game and everything like that. I mean, what what does I know for me? It's like. Oh, my gosh. I could yeah. sense the. When I started playing to where I ended with playing it. Mm-hmm. The worst death com I've ever gotten on Warzone was, um, I'm going to kill your mom and rape you in your sleep. And I was like, what in the fuck? Just because I sniped you? Right. And, and, and that's... that's where someone's mind is to just say that, oh, I don't mean it. But still, like, where the where is your mind to say something like that instinctively when someone kills you? Like, what is wrong with you? Right. And that then, is super bizarre to me. And not only death comps like that. I get that, that you it, suck, you're trash. Like, that's just regular banter. But, like, jeez. Right. And, well, and then on top of it, you add all the, the, the racial slurs that come across there. Yep, uh, I get those, too. All the time. And, and, and mm-hmm. every, and I'm like, why do you guys play this? I mean, when, I, when, I, when I'm playing, because I'm usually in Discord, I had to actually just mute everything because I didn't want to hear any of it. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I muted it all because it's just so toxic and everything like that. I don't need that in my life. With everything that I already deal with mentally, I didn't need to add that to it. It's crazy, like I said. we it It's sad that it's... Uh, imagine a game where people can literally make unlimited content on toxic death comms. And- Yeesh. And then that's what it is. That's How many, is. like, I've had so many videos just go crazy on TikTok because I'm showing all the things that people say to me. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, should that even be a thing? It is, but it shouldn't be. <laughs> I, I I just, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. I um, So what about, like, some of your friends, you know, do any of your friends, close friends, know what you deal with? Have you talked to them about it? Are they, like, supportive or anything like that? Um, My best friend knows. A lot of my other friends kind of know, I would say, surface level, kind of. It's weird because, like, right, some people on the internet know. But, no, I just never – I wasn't at that point in my life, like, when I met them to really talk to them about it. I've – I guess brushed up on it a little bit when my brother passed and a lot of people were checking up on me. But I 
No, I don't really go to my friends. I kind of have weird thing with friends. I moved around, excuse me, literally every year that I was a kid. Um, so I didn't really like make lifelong friends or really attach to people on top of the other things that I was going through that made me a little more socially withdrawn. So not really. And then I'm with, you know, my husband who he doesn't have any mental health struggles. So um, I deal with with that in the sense of that's kind of hard sometimes when you have someone who's not and he's a pretty positive person and likes to focus on positivity and crazy enough he proposed to married someone who's depressed <laughs> they do say um, opposites he, attract yeah but he's he's great um he he helps me a lot in different ways can't help me with everything of course a lot of these battles are your own face and people can help you a little bit but um, over the years, he's come to be a little bit more understanding because he doesn't, he, you know, he doesn't share the same struggles. So he didn't, it's not really something that he kind of understood. And he was kind of the same way at first, you know, like, oh, just focus on the positivity. And he didn't really understand. And it used to cause a lot of like tension between us. But it's like, it's not that, like, I'm not a negative person. Right. And it took us a while to get to like a good place of like understanding and a lot of work for him to kind of really understand and be there for me the way in a way that he could right and and, and one of the things that um you know someone mentioned actually lady meek mentioned was you know when i mean we all know that she went through that anxiety she posted it on twitter and everything about her battle and everything that she had and one of the things that she said was when i'm dealing with the anxiety and everything the best thing sometimes you can do is come come over and say, "Hey, do you need anything? You need me to do anything for you?" And if they say no, be like, "Okay, I get it. I'll let you be. But if you need me, I'll be right here." And, mm -hmm. and that's with anything. I mean, through my de depression battles, all I wanted someone to say, "What do?" is just check on me. Mm-hmm. I may, you may not understand what I'm going through, but check on me. Hey, you okay? Is there anything I can do? That goes a long way. And, and sometimes because people don't know how to handle it at times, I think they get mm -hmm. scared and they don't know what to do. So instead of trying to come over and check on you, they just kind of let you be and then just kind of distance themselves until you're in a better spot. It feels way more isolating than um, the isolation that anxiety, that depression, anxiety already brings you. It almost like it's a confirmation of that stuff you're telling yourself that's not good. Right. Exactly. And 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 that's you know, listen. Nobody's going to understand exactly what everybody's going through in their own personal battles. Mm -hmm. We can relate. Someone may deal with the anxiety that. Reread deals with some people may deal with the depression that I've dealt with, but it is not going to really be the exact same. You can just relate to it, and um, we can take these experiences and learn from each other and help each other out. Exactly. Um, because, and just a lot of it too is just 
And you get to a point of knowing yourself to a pretty good extent, which I know takes a while, just knowing yourself normal, but even getting to know yourself in terms of your triggers and things like that mm-hmm. is completely different. Like, for instance, I'm explaining to my my husband, you know, moving in, like, you know, when you move, you get rid of stuff, and you have to buy stuff. And then sometimes when you move, you know, things you had, which have put things places, you know, some things are out of place because the house layout's different and you have to do these different things. I'm like telling my husband, I'm like, I... To everyone else, it looks fine. But to me, I'm like, I get, and a lot of people with anxiety get the same thing. I feel out of order and I feel frazzled when things don't have a place and things aren't organized. And it makes my mental health tank. Like, I don't do well with, oh, just put it here for now. We'll just put all this stuff in this closet. That will fucking drive me nuts. Like, every time I have to go in there, I'm pissed off. I'm upset. Like, and other people can look at you, you know, and be like, Dude, you gotta go just clean out the box. It's a big deal. And it's like, because it's easier if it has a spot. I could just go to that spot and I could get it and I don't have to dig through a bunch of shit. And I'm like flipping out and he's just looking like, it'll be alright. <laughs> Sometimes I'll make a little down because I'm like, oh my gosh, like I just didn't catch that. Like I'm losing it over nothing. <laughs> it's something, but it's like not as big as right. my body is making it. But right. there are things that I know that I need to function um, and for things to go smoothly. And with my move, that's one thing that I'm like really dealing with is like the patience of getting fully settled in and getting things to put things and all this is like some people would be like that messes with your mental health. And it's like, yes, it does. It really does. You'd be I have surprised. to dig my clothes out of a fucking suitcase for a week. Every morning, it's driving me insane. I need the time to do this and to do that. And some people are just like, okay, like, you know, you're crazy. (laughs) And it's like, no, it's like things really, people's minds are just wired different. And especially when someone with mental illnesses, that things can just really, things that shouldn't mess with you can really mess with you. (laughs) And um, hopefully you have people around you that understand that and, don't look at you like you know you've completely lost it <laughs> but I mean, sometimes you can get yourself in those situations for people who don't know where you just look like dude what the hell's wrong with this person and you know it and it sounds crazy as much as you can be aware of yourself and things that you do and you overthink things you can still have explosions and then the meltdown and beating yourself up for the explosion and then the freak out of oh my gosh everybody thinks this about me and you know now the everybody's seen it and no one's gonna want to talk to me and oh i'm just gonna avoid everybody that was there because they didn't say something to me about it and it's like you just overthink everything until you're just like exhausted and one day this is this, this, this is funny but i told my husband i said you know what i want to let you know how my mind get, my mind works and he said what and i said i'm like i'm let you know so um i looked at something and i had a thought i'm like oh I wish, you know, Alice wouldn't leave that there. And then I'm like going, I'm literally just going on and on and on. And he, I just look over at him and his eyes are just like, and I'm like, my mind does that all day. Like my mind exhausts itself all day, just going. And this makes me think of this, which makes me think of this, which makes me think of this, which makes me think of this and this and this and this. And I go to the grocery store and forget something and I'm pissed off because I think of this and I didn't think of this. And now I can't do this, which is going to affect this. And I'll just do that all day. And it's just like, when you know, when some people hear that, it's like, 
you can read this is what anxiety does people with anxiety mm -hmm. deal with this but like actually hearing someone going through like their anxiety thought process i felt like that was a really cool thing kind of that i thought of doing but it kind of had them like whoa like yeah. i just looked and was like oh whatever that's chill <laughs> Yeah, it, and it, I'm it, like, I'm far from that. <laughs> yeah, no, and 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 I mean, everybody, everybody's wired differently. Like you said, everybody, different triggers for different things. You know, like, like you just now going through your look at one thing, and this is what comes to mind. This is what comes to mind. This is what comes to mind. I mean, it's a really crazy how that can happen. And a lot of us don't understand, like, my my anxiety, my social anxiety is different than your anxiety. You know, mine is not triggered more that way. Mine is more along the line of, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be in a group. I'm going to end up sitting in the corner the whole time, not really talking to anybody, not enjoying myself. Why go? Mm-hmm. And then that's when I talk myself out of it and I sit at home and play video games. You gotta be careful with that because we love our video games. <laughs> and video games can be therapeutic, but you should also not let them be your, like, escaping real life experiences that actually be, like, beneficial for you. Yep. It's so easy to put on the headset all night, get your mm, snacks, but yep. you stay there. Snacks, the coffee, <laughs> everything. Well, we're getting here. We're actually at about the hour and 35 minute mark. So I, what I'd like to do is maybe kind of start winding it down a little bit. Um, you actually mentioned outside of streaming that some of your release is working out. Is there anything else that kind of helps you, you know, when you're dealing with some of your mental health? problems that you've got going on you know that come up and everything is there anything else that kind of helps you to re get like a release or to keep it from coming on um i'm very artistic i used to draw and paint i haven't had much time for that since having kids it's kind of hard to do that without you know kids touching things and i put you have to put a lot of time into streaming so i haven't done that but i do like to read and i and like for some reason cleaning gives me some weird type of sense of order in my life and i like clean <laughs> and all those people are like what the hell Who likes to clean uh i like to clean you know like cleaning my kitchen or organizing things like really makes me feel like you know i can have these things that i accomplished whether you know i'm lying to myself or not that i did and that things look nice and when i see that things look nice i feel a certain sense of like peace that makes sense mm -hmm. um and and you know comparison to walking next to something that's messy so i like to keep things early and straight and you know cleaning and listening to music um help or like i've mentioned before listening to podcasts um even sometimes they're not all about mental health sometimes it's like listening to i don't know something like like a show like breakfast club or something where they're just talking and there's like different topics it's like just something to occupy your mind that you're not just letting it wander to places that usually aren't that good and you're just doing that so some people tell me to try meditation but i'm not there yet 
my mind's I can't make it. I'm change. not either. So I can't do meditation. But when I do the gym, I feel like that's as close as meditation as I can get in terms of like focusing on working out and lifting. That's as close as I can get to that. So nice. Yeah, I I can't do the meditation either. I'm just too uh, antsy. I, I I couldn't sit there for a long period of time without twiddling my thumbs or just something. I'm always. I used to have fidget spinners, and I used to use them constantly because I just couldn't sit still. So can't. <laughs> but, you ever uh, catch yourself vibrating on stream? You have to look over and be like, "Oh shit, I've been shaking my leg." Oh, all the you time. Can see it. You can see it when other streamers do it too. You know, so many streamers deal with anxiety, and it's like, "Oh my gosh, they're just vibrating. They're just sitting there, like, mm -hmm. don't even realize that they're they're like concentrating on shooting. You just see them shaking. And you're like, "Oh my gosh, I don't think they know that their like anxiety leg is like going off right now." Yep. Yep, I do it often. Do it very often. Um, so what would you give to to kind of close everything up and everything like that? What would be some advice you would give to someone based on your um battles that you have dealt with through the years? Um. This is also, I wish I could remember where I heard this quote as well, but it's um, pain that is not transformed is transferred. And that's why it's so important to, you know, heal and to do what you can to get better because you might not realize, you know, how much those things affect so many different aspects of your life. It doesn't have to be transferred to another person. It could be transferred in your job, which affects you know, how far you get in life or how far or how well you do in school or, you know, your friendships, your intimate relationships, your relationships with your family, like mental health is tied to so many different things. And it's very important to just do the work on yourself and it can make the world of a dish world of a difference in the quality of your life. It's like the biggest takeaway I can give anyone. So just remember, I that. Like it. you know, a lot of that hurt is that's not transformed is transferred yep. it's like it's kind of like similar how people say hurt people hurt people so you do want to make sure that you're taking care of yourself i mean it's very well known that the people that you attract is probably the attitude that you have you know mm -hmm. birds of a feather flock together um yep. so if you if you are consistently so like when i was consistently down and depressed I mean, months and months at a time, the people that I was usually attracting were the same exact type of people. They were the ones that were down and depressed, never happy about anything, just didn't care about anything. And since I've been working on myself and getting trying, slowly getting to a point where I'm more happy and more um, dealing with everything and just in a just a better overall spot. I see myself being able to actually be around people that are like-minded and they're happier and they're go lucky, you know, just all the, the all the positives instead mm -hmm. of all the negatives that I used to be around. And it actually feels better in a weird way because you think that you want people who understand what you're going through. Um, but I feel like you do need that balance and that push sometimes to come up out of your hole. Like, 
I do know a lot of the things that I'm speaking of. It can be a little different for me because I do have um, a husband kind of, you know, as a main support and not everyone has like a partner or friends or things like or certain, bleh, certain family members that can help them with that. Um, so, you know, who you have around you too is very important. So, you know, that's another thing in terms of, like I say, make sure that you have boundaries with people that drain you you don't have to people don't have to be mean to you or anything to give boundaries like sometimes you have to just protect yourself and your energy and there's you can still be there for people without you know going down with them mm-hmm. you know but if there are people you know don't shun them away i will say a lot of people you know do suffer a lot and some a lot of people suffer in silence so you do kind of want to be there if someone does open up to you but not at your own mental expense yep Yep. Uh, I mean, one of the things that I always say, and I know Chalupa and Devious say it too, is our DMs are always open. We may not get to you right away because we may have our own personal stuff that's going on that we're dealing with and everything. But, you know, we are open to, you know, if you want to talk or anything, we'll talk. You know, we're not doctors, we're not therapists, but we'll be that person that anybody wants to talk to, talk to. But, Remember, we may, because we have our own battles, so we may at that time not be able to help you out or talk to you because we are empty with what we're dealing with. You know, our cup's not full. And and if we don't have a full cup, we can't help someone because we can't give. Yep. That's very true. Um, I had to take a lot of, I had to take a lot of step back from, you know, from that with dealing with the things with losing my brother I'm still something that I'm dealing with every day um and I noticed that this year you know I did have to take a step back I always tell people that I'm available in stream but what I realized is not only that too I have a family you know I can't Mm -hmm. be plugged up chatting with everyone all the time and when I the time I have on stream is the time that you have to talk to me um if you do want to say something privately in discord like Definitely have a mental health channel for that. I don't mind people coming into my chat and talking because the type of community I built, we're always helping each other. No one calls you a downer. Um, but I have to tell people, like, please just realize that I can't, I can't, it was too much for me. I can't balance the open inbox. I had to close it all. It's too much. Um, as much as I love to be there for everybody, like, I have to be there for myself. And I have to be here for my family. Yep. Um, I have children, you know. I, I don't have much more with my tank kind of low most of the time with my depression and I, I don't have much that I can keep pouring out onto everybody else I have kids that I have to take care of as well so I love everybody and I try to do my best but sometimes there's like I said that's why it's so important to really get someone like I feel like a professional to really mm-hmm. give you people think too it means you're gonna have to talk to someone like every week or something it's like no you sometimes you see you go every month once a month or sometimes people in most cases, I've had cases where they're like, I want to see you next week. And you can tell I'm getting better when it's like, oh, I'll check in in three weeks. Let's check in. And, you know, you'll kind of see, like, where you're getting better when you're struggling. But that's why it's important to see someone that, that is actually there for you. And some people do better with like that with uh, having, like, better help or something. And if you can't afford therapy, there's tons of resources, especially – um, in the climate that we're turning to where mental health is becoming uh, more important. So please look into all those resources. Yep. There's a lot of people and, you know, foundations that are helping people with things like that. So please make sure that you are utilizing that even if you don't have insurance or you don't have a way 
pay for that. But dreamers, as much as we adore you guys, are not mental health professionals, and we're sharing nope. our experiences, and we're there for you as much as we can be. Um, some of them don't have men- their own mental struggles, but sometimes it's just they have their own lives. You know, streaming is not your life, even if you stream for 10 hours a day, you know? Um, so just make sure that you're going to a therapist or getting yourself the tools that you need, whether that's from a therapist or not, that you need um, to, I guess, get by and do what you need to do. Because that's, that's, that's why I keep saying that toolbox is what you're going to need to function. Um, and what you're going to need to help yourself because people aren't always available. Yep. And, 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 and again, I mean, you have family, you have all this stuff that's going on in your life. You can't, first off, they're the ones that you got to worry about the most, you know, not that you don't worry about your community or anything like that because you do, but they take precedence because they're your family. I mean, you gotta you gotta be there for them. Me, I'm don't have a family or anything like that of my own, other than my parents and my siblings. So I can take a little more time to do some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, we gotta be respectful of these. Each streamer has their own life that they have to. You know, a lot of them say, "Hey, you know." We're here for you. This your safe haven. I've heard a lot of them say these these kind of things. You know, you you need to talk. You know, we can talk and everything. But you, each one has a different um life that is going on. Some have families like yourself. Some deal with their own mental health and have to take breaks at times. Others they're able to just keep doing what they're doing. Everybody is wired, wired differently. Mm-hmm. So, my takeaway though of the podcast and everything like that was honestly my the the first quote that you said. Um, to heal, you can't heal what you, you don't reveal. You can't heal what you, uh, you can't heal what you don't reveal, and that to me is just huge because. Until I started really speaking about what I've gone through and what I've dealt with, it's like I finally started owning up to the fact that I actually had problems in my life. And now that I've opened up to the fact that I had problems in my life, I can now address those problems, which will allow me to heal. So, is there anything else that you would like to talk about before we close the podcast? Um, just, if you're really struggling, um, and you guys don't know who to talk to, just please, 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 and you know, I say this more so from losing my brother, like, just please don't, like, take advantage of resources, like, we have, you know, you guys are on here, you're on these smartphones and things like that, and I know it's not easy to reach out, but if you don't want to tell somebody you know, like, find, there's, the, you know, there's hotlines, there's groups, there's all type of ways that you can find help, like, please just try to make sure that you're utilizing those things and you're taking care of yourself, like, that's something I feel like is so important um, for so many people. I do understand that there's more complexities that go with, you know, people, you know, who go through suicide and things like that. Um, 
just before you think of hurting yourself or anyone else, uh, please make sure, like, you know, like I said, take care of yourself before you even get to that point so that you don't, you know, your mind isn't there. Because like yep. you say, everyone's important. Even if you don't feel like you're important, you're important to someone. Exactly. Exactly. Everyone is important to someone, you know, they're, they're, and, and, and the other thing I want to point out too is just be nice to people you come across. You never know what they're going through. I mean, there's been people that I've run across that I'm like, didn't realize what they've gone through until I started talking to them. Just since I've, just since we've started doing the podcast, some of the ones that have come on, I am like, you went through that? I could never tell. <laughs> I get all the time. <laughs> but 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 it's like one one thing could be said to them and trigger them and then who knows what they might decide to do at that point. Mm-hmm. So just be nice and you know, be courteous to people. It goes a long way, even if you don't know them. So very true. Riri. Thank you so much for coming on. It was a pleasure getting to know you and your story and talking to you. Um, I know we've talked quite often on the Twitter, um, but it was really good to just talk to you about everything that has gone on and just everything that you've dealt with. Thank you for sharing. We appreciate it very much. I wish Chalupa and Devious could have been here, but, you know, life happens, circumstances happen. So, guys, thank you for coming and joining and listening to the Press Pause podcast with our guest, Riri the Beast. She is on Facebook, if you do not know, so please go give her a follow. As you can tell, she has a very, very open community all about mental health, which is what we advocate here. So go please give her a follow. On behalf of the Press Pause podcast, my name is Spentescu. Thank you for joining us. and You guys have a wonderful day. Yes, and thank you for having me. Anytime you guys want me back, I'll be more than happy to come back. Definitely, definitely. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a good night. You too. All right, guys, that's going to do it. We will be back in two weeks. I should have said this earlier with Athletic Nerd on December the 5th. Guys, I appreciate you here, being here, hanging out with us. Much love to y'all. And we are out.